welcome to Bonehead. Oh, I forgot to put my shades on. Why? Well, don't you don't, don't put it. Don't, you've got yeah, a yeah, damn yeah, puppet yeah, on your head. You're in a house. Surrounded by enemies. Tell us every other day. Of my Are life. you saying my bald head is too bright for your eyes? Actually, now that I look at it, a bit. It's a natural oily. <laughs> Anyway, welcome. <laughs> you make it out with a puppet. Oh my god! All right, welcome don't to call him a puppet. Welcome to Bonehead. I'm Joe Lewis. You know, labels. Who <laughs> cares? Labels, me and Jim Thomas. <laughs> he's fluid with his name. Anyway, he's got so, fluid in him. What? Well, yeah, he's like how many? Yeah, hold on, let me get some of that out. <laughs> That's disgusting. It's not even funny. That's just disgusting. It's hilarious. Well, yes. Hey, yes. There's grody. a three-year-old out there watching right now. So, anyway. I won't let my kid watch this terrible crap. parent. <laughs> so, it's one of our dirty. children. It's one of our children. Anyway. So, our last episode was about... Crap. Crap. Movies that suck that we love. And turns out that we couldn't get through... We uh, like too much we crap. We like a lot of crap. In fact, crap may be one of our favorite things. Yes. I didn't know. Right. So what we're going to do is follow up and do a two-parter. And this is our second episode. And we promise this will be the last episode no, where we, we go over no. crap. We, we, we make things. that promise. I'm not it, making that like promise. we live on a farm and Hollywood is cows and they keep churning out more crap we may have to revisit crap is that a metaphor or a simile i simil it's a simile to a metaphor is that those things you went and banned and went like this you almost struck me you fancy I, I know i almost didn't complete the job and you're the smart one out of your family right i am i i maybe <laughs> sean is the sexy one anyway except for your mom <laughs> We're putting together a grand commando of Jennings's. <laughs> Jennings is the sexy one. The operative word is crack. Rambo oh. first does. First does. So let's go ahead and get started because our audience. Uh, it, I guess I should say dumb or Disney would have sued yeah, me. Yeah, they're totally gone. All right. So for our first movie, they told me to go. The other two boneheads don't know what I'm about to say. And hold I'm, on, let me go. Oh, you stupid idiot! Alright, continue. Right. They, I, I wish I had that cigarette put out on you. I'm just saying. Anyway, the other two boneheads don't know what I'm about to say. This is a childhood favorite. This movie is terrible. But my mom watched it all the time when I was growing up. It's always the mom. I know what it is. She man. had a crush on the lead guy, and it's oh going to start God. talking about sequels. Sequels that suck. I'm going to defend Grease 2. Oh. Ah, did you see it coming? No. Not till the end. Now, here's the reason why Grease 2 is fun. I like some of the songs. It has Michelle Pfeiffer in it. Was it this is her first movie? I don't know if it's her first movie or not, but it's it's directed by... I had to look up the director. She only did this and... Nora Ephron? Yes, Nora <laughs> Ephron. Yeah, that is exactly who For three it. people that just got that joke, why are you watching our show? And if you go out and watch the Nora Ephron films, by the You've way. You've got mail. Pattern baldness. <laughs> Patricia Birch, I don't know who she is. Anyway, my mom, the lead guy, was not played by John Travolta no. because nobody came back to the movie except uh, that one lady, D.D. something. D. D.D. Ryder. That's uh, C. Uh, it's a sequel. Anyway, moving right along. The guy that played the love interest was Maxwell Caulfield. Does anybody remember Maxwell Caulfield? He's the British guy in those British movies through the 80s. He later on played kind of like the the swarmy swarmy. What's that word? What's he the played word? A swami? He played a swami. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> no. At Bonehead no. Industries, we're always about I, cultural sensitivity. I'm going to climb up this rope that is attached to nothing. I don't think that's is an that actual. What a swami does? No, no, I that's a mime. What? What? You've lost your damn mime. <laughs> oh my got, god. They played a flute and the, the, the rope went up and then they climbed up. It was Alright, back to Greece. Oh two. my god, he knows nothing of culture. It has some cool songs. I can still remember some of them. Sing one! 
Cool. Rider. All right, I regret this. <laughs> cool. Mistakes were made. <laughs> Let's move on. Um, back to school again. Gotta go back. Back. So far, you're not back selling to me school on this. Again. So it was. It was basically. Oh, oh, why you gotta go? Oh, oh, we gotta go back to school again. Oh my God, that just. So happened. basically, what you're telling me was. Do it, it for was... your country. Oh the red, white, and the blue. Let's do it for your country. See these two people. He's trying to bone, and he's got this lady in a, a, a bomb shelter, and he's telling her that the bombs are going off outside so he can nail her. And they have this song, let's so, do it for your country. The so, red, white, and the blue. So it's it's a family film. Yeah. No, so... Well, four-year-old Joe saw it. <laughs> so, I don't know what's wrong with me now. Four-year-old Chad saw Nightmare on Elm Street. I don't think they can... So <laughs> what I was going to say, so basically what you're telling me is... What they did was they built a time machine and took High School Musical and showed it to a bunch of third graders and said, "Remake this." And I've never seen my, I've never seen high, high School Musical. I have no idea. Huh? Have you seen it? No, I haven't. Well, I've then seen. you don't know. You totally. You're just seen a it. child who You've wanders totally into, the room, no, no, wanders into the room, Donnie. No, wanders into the room. The Descendants one. You swoon over Efron's abs. Just like Nora, the rest of us. Nora Ephron? Nora Ephron, oh my god. <laughs> Full circle! This is not the Nora Ephron train. I am so sleepy in Seattle. Oh yeah, my I god. I hope you're proud of that. Oh, oh shut up. Nobody else is. Puns are the lowest form of humor. I'm going to tell about Did you like before. Michael? Isn't that a Nora Ephron yeah, I movie? I like Michael. I don't know, is it? Is it? You yeah, know it is. Movie? Oh, 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 really? It's it shitting on Nora Ephron. Love, love is all you need. So anyway, James, what's your movie? Grease 2. Why does Grease 2 suck? Why does everyone hate Grease 2? I think it's because, because it's equal to Grease 1. I mean... I, but, I, I, you, you may be right, because honestly, it's not good, but it's not as dreadful as people say it is. I mean, to be honest, I... I've, Have you seen it? I've tried. Haven't gotten all the way through it. I've, I've seen 30... Do you even like Grease, though? You don't like musicals. No, actually, yeah. Grease is one of the few musicals I like. Really? Yeah. Grease and Moulin Rouge. Hmm. Re yeah. No accounting for taste. No. Yeah. Yeah. I prefer Mulan Scrooge. That happened. Anyway, I think you're right. I think it's because of Grease One, because Grease One is not only a, not only a, a, a Broadway play or a yeah. musical. It's also a successful film, and I think it's With hard. With a amount of time, and, and no. Yeah. Right. I don't have to talk either Michelle Pfeiffer or Mackay Pfeiffer or Maxwell um, Caulfield. But who I, I had to look back think, down at his name again. I don't who think who my mom wanted to bone. And she still does. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, forgot. The best musical ever made. Little Shop of Horrors. Thank you. Little Shop. Little, Little Shop, Shop of Horrors. Watch him drop. He didn't even know the words. And I may have screwed it up. E.G. Marshall. E.G. Marshall. <laughs> Not E.G. Daly. No, E.G. Marshall. Flashback to the thing we screwed up last Last time. episode. Sorry. Um, or time before or less, whatever. It doesn't matter. You want to go, Chad? No, go ahead. All right, I'm going to talk and I, I, again. Chad's going to take another nap. If I if I talk about it, it means I own it. The black hole. Disney's the black hole. <laughs> um, it never gets not funny. <laughs> what? That I own a black hole? <laughs> you think that's funny? Oh, you? so many black hole jokes. Oh, so little time, and we try to keep it PG thirteen. Jeez, you kids, you oh. trying to give me some culture? No. Here's a, a, Tell us about so, your hole and how black it is. So I had to make a couple quick notes about this because this movie was made by Disney. It was Disney's answers to Star Wars. So was the sequel Event Horizon? Actually, there's some parallels. There are some parallels if you watch it. But what I was going to say, so the background on this a little bit is um, why is it a horrible film? It's uh, not very good. Neil deGrasse Tyson says this is the worst science fiction film ever made when it comes to actual science. Oh, really? I thought that and, would be Star Wars. No. and Because he didn't actually, talk about, I went and saw him live, and he talked about Star Wars, but he didn't talk about that. And the reason he didn't talk about this is there is no science whatsoever in this. They're next to a black hole. There is a scene where a man gets pulled out into space, and a robot goes out and gets him, and he's perfectly fine. Yeah, because the closer you get to the event horizon because of the um, gravity... It, it's it's yeah no would, I mean you would be pulled like a noodle yeah yeah and, and and also the cold depth of depths of space you would just cold die. dead your your cold eyes dead. would Can we write cold dead you could the cold um, dead whole black anyway but so <laughs> black hole a couple things else about it 
Uh, it has some great actors in it. I will say it's the best movie that stars both Slim Pickens and Anthony Perkins. Name me one other film that stars both Slim Pickens and Anthony Perkins that's that good. I can't. Psycho and uh, Slim Pickens, of course, known for Doctor Strange Love or for us, Blazing Saddles. Blazing Saddles. Both starred in Break um, and Electric Boogaloo. So, a couple other that quick things. True. Totally true. That's not true at all. That's not um, true. Although we should do a whole canon episode. Anthony Perkins is in it, so you got Psycho. You got a great cast. You got some other things. There's two robots, Bob, Bob, which is voiced by Slim Pickens. Yeah. And Vincent, which is voiced by Roddy McDowell. So Who you, would later play Peter Vincent in Friday Night. Oh my god, I just blew up the internet. So, um, but here's a funny story. Alan Dean Foster got hired to write the novelization for it. When he actually saw the script... He said, this script is so bad, the science is so bad. Long before Neil deGrasse Tyson, he said, I'm having a hard time writing the novelization of this. Now, the reason this is relevant, a little bit of film background. Um, I think Alan, he wanted to take my grease two times just so he could talk. Oh, God. Alan yeah. Dean Foster. Notice, not, James notice is, I'm not interrupting him this time. Alan, Alan Dean Foster ghost wrote a Did little. Did you just check your watch? <laughs> yeah, because I'm waiting You know to when talk. you said you weren't going to oh, interrupt God. him? You know when you said you were going to interrupt him? You may have actually interrupted Alan him. Alan Dean Foster is, is famous happen. in Hollywood <laughs> because he served as a ghostwriter for a little-known fellow known as George Lucas when he needed to write a novelization for Star Wars. <gasps> Alan Dean Foster, and you can do, go, this do, is all do. true. A lot of what later became canon in... Robert Stack just uh, in showed Empire up. Strikes Back and Return and of the Jedi yeah. was written by Alan Dean Foster. Alan Dean Foster also was the one that started the expanded universe of Star Wars with the novel Splinter of the, uh, Splinter of the Mind's Eye, which was the first... You get that out with some tweezers. Now... I'm the other still, part of that uh, that is Alan Dean I'm Foster. I'm still trying to figure out how Robert Forrester wrote this stuff, but he was in the movie. Alan Dean Foster also wrote Star Trek the Motion Picture. So he wrote the screenplay or the novelization. Screenplay. Okay. So the motionless uh, picture. Motionless picture. That is absolutely true. But so Alan Dean Foster had his hand in all three of these universes. The funny other <laughs> funny part about this <laughs> is though, is this that is what happened when you let James the speak. movie. <laughs> Well, I'd be done if you would not be late. Anyway, I, I don't make, think that would be true. I don't yeah. think I got my Grease 2 time in. This was so made... you can have a whole ball This was of made for... Did you have anything interesting to add about Grease 2? It's, no, it's a fascinating picture. About Grease it's 2. a fascinating picture. Oh, my God. Anyway. Um, it insists upon so itself. So, the thing about Black Hole is there's a couple <laughs> things that make it real... You're going to keep laughing. I'm dealing with children. Um, so... <laughs> oh, my... Yes, he is, but he also still has us. Um, I'm dealing with... Uh, anyway, uh, maybe because of Star Wars. Not a doubt about that. Star Wars originally had a budget of $11 million, went on to make $700 million, blah, 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 whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doesn't 42 matter. bucks. Uh, Star Trek came out the same year as The Black Hole. Okay. It was considered by Paramount, actually, even though it made great money. Hold up. Um, what? It's Paramount, not Paramount. Continue. <laughs> You're bald. You know that, right? <laughs> why do you gotta, why do you anyway. gotta make fun of his follically challenged noggin? Anyway, I love it. Star Trek the Motion Picture was $46 million. I mean, I make fun of it too. Budget, including advertising, went on to make $139 million. Yes. Uh, so, but a, a hit, but not what Paramount wanted. They won Star Wars number. Why am I bringing I all this like up? I feel like you're going to Canada why am I bringing to get all to this Virginia. Up? Why am I bringing all this up? Because Disney expected. That surely the black hole, it's a Disney film, will go on to be black hole, black hole, black hole, black hole. I'm going to do this when you start to talk about a movie. Um, actually, Spot's going to get in Spot anyway. Um, so black hole, son, won't you come and wash away, James? You all are a different type of hole. Um, anyway. Disney, it was the most expensive <laughs> Disney movie made at the time ever made. It was $20 million. $20 million. And then they actually blew more money on advertising it. At the time, they spent $6 million just to advertise it. So sure that it was going to blow everything else out of the water. Has over 550 special effects in it. Literally, a special effects extravaganza. Why does it suck? Because they neglected to have a script. How much money did it make? $34 million. That was it. It was it, it failed. So it's actually technically, Horrible. it broke even though. Six? Would you say twenty something million? Twenty million, and then make. six million for advertising. Yeah. 
So it it was uh, it was a for anybody out there really quick. The rule of thumb is is if you have a hundred and fifty million dollar film, you need to double that for it to be profitable, right? You can't just make one hundred and fifty because there's all so many costs, and that's just what they call the negative cost, like yeah. the cost to just be able to show that it doesn't take into account all the advertising, all the other crap that goes out with it. So. You basically have to double your budget to consider it a moneymaker. So why is it a film that sucks even. that I say it's still good? Well, because it is pretty. And the thing about it is, it's also relevant to film history if you are a Disney fan. It was Disney's first PG-rated film. It was the first film... Oh, that was hard R. Disney executives said it you was... You know what the first R-rated Disney film is? Down and out in Beverly Hills. Mm. Disney, uh, it was the first film Disney Before the black made. hole, boobs everywhere! It's the first Disney Bambi's knockers. <laughs> oh my god, that wasn't made by Disney, and you're a terrible oh. human being. Anyway, the funny Sleeping part though. Sleeping Beauty, total skin flick. Mm. God. Um, Disney executives. You're gonna just lay there and sleep, are you? Disney executives viewed it as the first film made for adults that Disney made. Mm. And the problem with that is, by the way, they left out the boobs. Um, well, that and it's a very adult plot. I mean, there is a lot of there's essence of Frankenstein. There's essence of is there heaven? Is there hell? Is there so it kind of goes that event horizon <laughs> way. Now all of that to be said, the problem is though it also has two goofy cartoon looking robots. And Who do I have a shootout scene? Yeah, and it's no called room. Black Hole. Um, the other the other thing about it is though it's a lot of fun to watch because it also has the the as actually I'm gonna read Roger Ebert's review of it because it was oh my, oh god. my god um. This better be one sentence. You better top it, it out because we sentence. couldn't talk towards it. It is end. one sentence. Uh, the Hold on. You made me actually lose it. Thank you. Haley just pointed out that you've been going at this for 45 eons. This is actually, Roger Ebert said, takes us all the way to the rim of space, only to bog us down in a talky melodrama. He said rim and black hole. Black hole rim. <laughs> anyway, now, so. I can get behind that picture. Uh. The, so the end result is though the the villain of the film is actually one of the most interesting villains in any Disney film, played by Maximilian Schell. Yeah, right. He's one of the yep, and he's one of the most interesting because the ending of the film, without giving much away, he actually accomplishes a great boon to humanity, and it kind of ends with him also paying the ultimate price for his hubris, if you will. Isn't he in the robot as he goes into the black hole? He act well, they merge, and you don't know, and actually you basically get a scene of him going to hell. Okay. And the other... But, which leads us to the sequel, Event Horizon. Well, it's close. And the robot... Which was originally entitled Black Hole Rim. <laughs> no, but the, no one the, can find a job. The final... You never, We're never going to have jobs again. Uh, Rim job. The... <laughs> eh, hard PG-13. Anyway, the... Uh, I don't think Rim Job is going to go over PG-13. <laughs> anyway, the... But the end of... Tweet out Rim is, Job and let us know if you hashtag, think because... Hashtag... Is rim job too much for PG thirteen? Anyway, the other part about it is is that um, he is successful in the experiment, though. Cut to somebody waxing a basketball. People being able to travel through, <laughs> but the ending is really ambiguous. It's almost uh, they almost tried to create to me two thousand and one a space odyssey for the Star Wars set, and that made it too big, too bloated. But it's still a pretty film to watch in parts. Parts of it are really well done. And then there's also so a scene... You just, so you just basically showed my point for a previous episode of why 2001 Space <laughs> No, I think 2001 doesn't need to be made for the Star Wars crowd. Yeah. It's, it's fine. But there, what I was going to say is, parts of it are very, very pretty. And then there's also a scene where, I kid you not, there's, the robot's supposed to be spinning around. And you can see you a hand come up. Force move. You can see a hand come up and actually turn the robot on the scene. Like, it's obviously a stage hand and they didn't bother fixing it. Oh, yeah. really? Yep. I don't know. So there you go. Beautiful film in parts, bloated plot, pretty to look at. Don't give it too much thought. Real quick, they were one. We were talking about this beforehand. They actually went to Lucasfilm to buy some of the mm -hmm. the camera rigs, and Lucas wanted too much money, and they ended up building their own, which turned out to be superior. Now, can we never, ever, ever talk about the black hole? I have to talk the about rest, it one more or, time, but go ahead. How do you have to talk about it one more You'll time? Find you out talked about minutes. it for an hour and a half. You'll find out in a few an minutes. An hour You're and wasting a time. Half. Let's move on. Right. Chad. So, with the discussion of Grease 2 and the black hole, I'll continue the sci-fi route of Grease 2. <laughs> That's not a... <laughs> and discuss... Uh, <laughs> it's actually, you know, you know, I said I didn't like musicals. This is... I guess you could... There is an argument that this is a musical. What? Earth Girls Are Easy. 
Oh god. <laughs> black hole, black hole, black hole, black hole! <laughs> now, for you all who haven't seen Earth Girls Are Easy, go so out and watch it now. Everybody. Uh, I've seen it. I saw it as a kid. I didn't even care for it as a kid. I loved it as a kid. Watched it repeatedly. I will admit, I watched it probably a year ago. Didn't hold up. Now, <laughs> and correct me if I'm wrong, that doesn't indeed star Jeff Goldblum. Jeff, uh, Jim Carrey, one of Jim, Jim Carrey's Carrey, first films. Jim Goldblum, Jeff Goldblum. No, Jeff Goldblum isn't it. Yeah, yeah. Jim, Goldblum blue, I, Jim Goldblum was his stand-in. You know what's even worse? When he said Jeff Goldblum, I thought Jeff Daniels. I'm like, no, Jeff Daniels isn't in that movie, you twit. He was and, too busy being Carrey. in The Butcher's Wife. Yeah, anyway, so, yes, Jeff. Jeff <laughs> Look it up. I was, since it seems like a Butcher's Wife, being in The Butcher's Wife. Jeff there, Goldblum. Blew right by. Uh, Jeff Goldblum. I did not blow The Butcher's Wife. <laughs> Jeff He's Gold still playing by Black The Ball. Butcher's Wife blew me. What an amazing movie. Anyway, Jeff Goldblum and then <laughs> actually a pre in Living Color, Damon Wayans yeah, and Jim Carrey. Oh. And it was actually written, it was actually co-written by one of the stars of the movie, Julie Brown, not of the downtown variety. I was about to say, that's not the downtown one? No. This is the... So she was an uptown girl? Uptown girl! <laughs> was she living in an uptown world? No, I, probably this one was. Now, for you, guys, for you all that don't know, in the 80s and 90s, there was this thing called MTV. It was called Music Television. And they showed... And they actually showed music on it. They did not have a Teen Wolf series. Keep going. Anyway, so this is a technically a... It's it's a musical. Uh -huh. Because they, have, they actually do break out into a couple of music scenes, musical numbers. But the director, um, the director really hasn't done a whole lot other than he's mainly known for music videos. Shocker. Somebody, Julie Brown, doing a musical, hires a musical director. And um, I don't really have a lot to say about this movie other than it was absolutely... I think I can hear my son crying upstairs. <laughs> yes, I can hear too. I don't, uh, I don't I like think he's still. I think he's mad over the black hole, but hey, Earth, Girls <laughs> Earth, Earth, Earth Girls are easy. Yeah. I just, I, I can't explain why I really like this movie. It was, it was bizarre. Like I said, for some reason, a blue, a red, and a yellow alien through hair removal and a suntan immediately become white, black, and olive-skinned. <laughs> Jim Carrey, I never thought of as olive-skinned. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum. Oh, I knew where you were going. I know. How can you go from the fly to Earth Girls are easy? Did that come right after fly? I don't know, but I mean, Gina Davis and Jeff Goldblum were a couple for a while. Oh, that's right. And they're both in both movies. I know. So, uh, Never made that connection. Well, of course you didn't. Just like earlier with Mac and me. Mac uh, and me. Hashtag McDonald's. Yeah, we never. I never made the connection. By the way, we're not talking about Mac and me because we all agree it's it is awful. It's, it's not, not good. It's not worth watch. watching. Unlike Earth Girls Are Easy, which is worth watching. I, Munchies is better than Mac and me. Oh, don't! I'm bringing up Munchies. <laughs> I am so sorry. <laughs> Spoiler alert! Now I got. Now we got to jump right to me talking about Munchies. Go ahead. But no, we're gonna talk to your next movie. But no, yeah, I'd no. rather talk about the Munchies. No, <laughs> so we're talking about your second movie. But no. Um, it was just a weird movie, and from from the late '80s, early '90s, about three aliens who come to, and all they want to do is have sex with Earth women. Which, I mean, was part of the '80s. Except Jim Carrey, he was a little off. Damon Wayans had his hero to zero moment, which is where I first learned that line. I honestly thought the movie was dreadful when I was a I kid. I loved it as a kid. I watched. I it may like it better now, but I, I remember I, it airing no... on Comedy Central when Comedy Central had nothing else to air. Like they, and I just remember they used to have the announcer, which was <clears throat> um, Penn. Penn and Teller. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was one of their first. They, announcers. they had a lot of them. Down I mean, it had an all-star cast. I mean, it had Damon Wayans, Jim Carrey, Gina Davis. It even had Michael McKeon in it as a surfer dude. Oh man. So anyway, all right. That's my pick. For first, you what's your next one, Joe? I man, there's two or three that I want to talk about. I, and honestly, I'm going to point it to, and I want you to tell me which one I should do. Should I do this one or should I do this one? You should totally do the first one. Free Jack. Anybody seen Free Jack? Sticking with science fiction. I love Free Jack. I, and you want to talk about a cast? <laughs> Emilio Estevez. Mick Jagger. Mick Jagger. Anthony Hopkins, right after he won yeah. the Best Sporting Actor Oscar for Silence of the Lambs, right? Yeah. Uh, Rene Russo. Okay, that, I couldn't remember who she was. Rene Russo. Oh, not, not done, not done. 
Amanda Plummer's in it. Yep. You're, I'm wait. You're missing somebody. Jake Johansson. Thank you. Or David Johansson. Throw it up. Boom. Spot he feels it. hot, hot, hot. Hot, hot, hot. Spot Buster Poindexter. He's so also in. You're giving me motion sickness with that. Who's Spot also in Scrooge? If like you guys don't know who that, who Mr. Johansson is, he's in Scrooge. He plays the cabbie, one of those yeah. characters that everybody always remembers. And the very classic Car 54. Where are you? That is not a good movie, but he is in a movie I do like called Let It Ride that nobody's ever saw that we may do in a future episode. All right. And Car 54. Where are you? Because I, I love that movie. <laughs> That's a terrible movie. Al Lewis is in the, that briefly. Yes, he right? is. Uh, anyway, so Free Jack has this hell of a cast. Uh, it was directed by this guy named Jeff Murphy who went on to do Young Guns 2, Under Siege 2, Fortress 2. He liked uh, to really, do a Fortress lot of Fortress 2. I didn't know that about Fortress 2. But that he directed it? Yeah, I didn't know that. You've never seen Free Jack, have you? No, I haven't, but I've seen Fortress 2. Well, you need to... Well, Free Jack, it takes... All right, Emilio Estevez is a race car driver, right? And he, somehow or another, in the future, rich men can pay this company to basically, right before you die, right, in an accident, they'll go back in time and take your body, and then they put the rich man's uh, essence, mind, whatever, in or woman, into that body. It's a reverse, it's a reverse looper. Right, it's kind of a reverse looper, absolutely. Only Ryan Johnson's looper is a modern-day classic and free jacks of pos that i just happened to enjoy <laughs> i enjoy it as well continue and i can't believe you've never seen it i you know i'll be honest i think i remember watching probably 15 minutes of it as a kid and then thinking isn't this supposed to be new jack city and moving on well the thing is is it, it takes place There's, in a what a dystopian future yes. of course it's Everything's bad. It's only twenty years later, but it looks like it's a hundred years later, and everything's all—all yeah, every, all it is every, is garbage. Everywhere. Everything with the pot. Everything with the pot. Quick. Trump. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Anyway, <laughs> why don't you say something else about hating guns so we can make sure that no <laughs> yeah, conservative let's make ever. Make sure we never get any of that good, you, good conservative, conservative money. money. Anyway, so it's—it's it's not a good movie, but it has a cool plot. It has a great cast. Anthony Hopkins is maybe in it for 15 minutes, yeah. overacting, really. Yeah. Uh, Emilio Estevez, before... I've got nothing funny to say about Emilio Estevez. I, I, I actually have a somewhat serious question. But it has some bad... Even for the early 90s, it had bad special effects. Oh, Do you yeah, remember no, that? Yeah, no, yeah, they, they even looked awful. like shit at the time. Yeah. I was about to say, how does this compare to Strange Days, which has gotten some sort, a um, little bit Strange of more Days, appreciation? Strange Days is a... Uh, Directed by Catherine Bigelow, who I think is in a tour. I think she's a great filmmaker. That was written by James Cameron as well. Strange Days? Yep. And they were both married, but that's beside the point. Beside the point. Yeah, so Catherine Bigelow, <clears throat> I would say, is an actual filmmaker, whereas Cause Strange Jeff, Days with a voice. Strange Days has aged oddly. I haven't it, seen it in a long time. Part of time. it is dated, but part of it is it has in some ways became more relevant. It's an interesting, flawed film, whereas Free Jack's a piece of crap. That's just fun to watch. That's just That's fun, fun to watch. To watch. Straight That's up the fun difference. Because I can't, that? I can't yeah. sit here and rip on Strange Days for two reasons. It's got Ray Fiennes, right? Right. I, I haven't seen it in a long time, and I haven't seen Free. Actually, I was going to go back and watch Free Jack, but I was afraid I'd just hate it. That's it. Anyway, if you get a chance to check out Free Jack, it's a crappy, crappy movie. But if you like science fiction, it's probably worth an hour and a half. I don't know that there's any really science in it, but there's plenty of fiction. And it's got Mick Jagger of the Rolling Stones, my favorite band of all time. And Spot has some moves like Jagger. Seriously, I'm going to break your arm. Right. <laughs> it's so making me nauseous. I'm going to you puke all over your Haley, your tell sweet, him he's next. Lap. Throw a rock at him. James. Haley. Well, give us your piece Haley. of crap that you're going to go Haley. Haley. Oh. Come on, James. That you're going to tie into oh American literature, history literature. I got nothing smart ass to say to your piece of shit. Go ahead and tell us what it is. <laughs> you done? No. Done? No. I'm waiting to hear so I can just Here, rip just you apart. Just put your hand down your pants to keep yourself entertained. Um, all right. Oh, look. Cheetos. And give me your other hand because I also <laughs> like a, I'd like a taste. <laughs> Second film is terrible. And it's so bad on the source material. I've never seen this. Man Thing. You haven't seen it? No, you won't let Man me borrow Thing, it. You, uh, you can take it home after this. Man Thing, like I said, I don't talk about it unless I, I wouldn't leave I it do in your house. Man Thing. Um, here's the funny thing about Man Thing. I love Man Thing as a character, and that he's not in this movie. Swamp Thing's totally better. Uh, Swamp Man Thing came first. Don't Swamp make me. Swamp Thing's better. Um, funny story about that. I'll get to that in a second. So Man Thing was oh, originally God. as a character. <laughs> Man Thing is kind of a stupid name. It's right up there with He-Man. 
You son of a bitch. He man is a really dumb name. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, it, it is he a man? Oh, wait, or is he, he a he? he. I, did, I got in an argument mind. with somebody at work about this the other day. Moss man. All right, that bastard has moss, moss. on him. That makes sense. Yeah. He man skunk or I bet he's stinky. <laughs> Neckor. Neckor. Oh, he has a long, long neck. neck. Buzz off. Oh, oh look, he looks like a bee. Many faces. He has many faces. He man. That's stupid. It's Ram redundant. man. He oh, rammed shit. Okay. He drove a dodge. I got no powers, but I got four-wheel drive. Ram, he, Ram Man had a Hemi. So Man-Thing, as a comic book, is a very interesting character. He was uh, created by, as most things, Stanley had a hand in his creation, but Roy Thomas, uh, Conway, a couple other people. Chad um, had a hand Tim in Conway? Yes, Tim Conway created Man-Thing. God, I love his dwarf. Um, I bet you do. Um, dwarf on Chad. <laughs> That's an adult film. Um, anyway. Man-Thing, directed Man by Thing. Brett Leonard. Who I'm going to get to that in a Man. second. But Man-Thing was, uh, in the comic, He uh, it was an experiment gone wrong. He was trying to recreate the super soldier serum that created Captain America. Things went wrong. He was betrayed, blah, blah, ended up in the swamp. Bitches be crazy. Took on all the powers. Uh, so he's very, very strong. But what makes him very interesting in the comic book is that he really only can hurt you if you're afraid. So if you have, for lack of a better term, sinned, if you have done something wrong, and if you view him as a vengeful spirit, those that know fear burn at the touch of the man thing. That was the slogan. Now, when they made this film, they neglected to read any man thing comic books and basically did treat him like Swamp Thing. There is none of the things that make man thing interesting in this movie. Matter of fact, he's a villain. Mm -hmm. He's not seen the superhero. In the comic book, man thing loses his humanity he is no longer he'll never change back he'll never and later on they rewrote swamp thing to be like that too when alan moore wrote him yeah uh but man thing did it first and what actually in the comics that works out for him because he's seen as completely impartial and he ends up at one point at least for a while becoming the guardians of all reality the guardian of all reality because he's unbiased he doesn't care he believes guilty should be punished all that stuff what does that have to do with the movie absolutely nothing um it's uh, what does that have to do with the show? Well, what I'm getting to is I'm going with that's why this sucks. Ad fab. Yeah. This is that's why this sucks. You made a movie called Man Thing and neglected to do anything with Man Thing, which we'll come back to Brett Leonard in a but second. But aren't you supposed to like what we're talking about? Yeah, and here's the funny thing about that is this film does suck. It has, however, some really cool kill scenes in it. Actually, I think it's a beautiful film. And Visually, say, it's a beautiful and film. And the scenes in the swamp are beautiful. Are well done. Yeah. They're very dark, but very beautiful. They're very mm -hmm. well done. So, in that way, it's good. It's the problem, a terrible movie, though. It is a terrible movie. Uh, it, it's, it, they basically Captain Planeted <clears throat> this character and went, oh, he's, he's mad. I don't remember really... Captain Planet being a horror movie. Well, but he's upset. It's, it it he, depends on your frame of reference. He went, if you worked for the EPA. <laughs> yeah. he, um, but in or the, if you're in a Reaganite, I suppose. You can watch this, yeah. Chad. It's, yeah. I'll give this to you. You can watch it. But he, instead of Let's being... Let's watch a, it now. Instead of being a scientist, he is a Native American shaman who gets trapped in the swamp because Ted Salas, well-known Native American shaman name, in, in Seminole trap. Uh, anyway, he, Fascinating. he gets turned into... The man thing and goes on. Make these this long now. No, what I'm actually getting to though is here's what's funny about that. Brett Leonard directed this, as you said. Who Brett Leonard is notorious for directing things and not paying any attention to the source material. What's the Lawnmower Man short well, story about? The Lawnmower Man short story is quite simply put, it's a guy who sells his lawnmower, trades it in for some tires and some other stuff, and decides to hire out his lawn being mowed, and then one day gets a new guy who mows the lawn by eating it and ends up killing him and eating him. That it is it is not a very and then good he, there's The a only line, thing there's a line that he said uh, he said my boss told me to do it this way from now on and his boss's name is Pan. Yeah. So I, I actually forgot that. The only line I ever remember is because it's in the movie. Is when the cop is talking. The part of him's in the bird bath, and he goes, "The bird bath? Yeah, the bird bath." Well, That's actually straight out of the short story. That's the only thing. It's not a very good Stephen King, King sued short his story. Name, sued to have his and, name and had his name removed. Well, I actually a, like Lawnmower Man, though. It's on my list. Here, here's the funny part about that, though. Brett Leonard adapted that. Brett Leonard also adapted Hideaway, which is based on Dean Koontz's story. Yeah. 
And Hideaway, the book, ends completely differently. It's a very quiet, very subtle ending. And he did an autobiographical film called Leonard Part Six. No, that's not true. Um, but In it's about it Bill is. Cosby, and we can't talk about <laughs> talk him. about it. We've been asked mm -hmm. by our attorney never to mention him again. You know, anyway, get the Man Thing that he does the same thing. He is he's a he can make a pretty film. But God, he can't adapt anything that's actually true. This, by the way, though, is right before... He also directed The uh, the uh, the Source, the, the mm -hmm. Highlander The Source, yep. right? This, though, came out right before Marvel Comics became a force to be reckoned with. This came out when we had Blade Trinity was the most authentic to comics we had. And so this was the tail end of that time period. So it's an interesting thing. Chad... But not great. All yeah. right, you. He just spent twenty minutes telling us about a movie he didn't even like. And I'm no, actually, I defend it. It is beautiful to watch, but much like Black Hole, it's there's not much there. Much like so, James's diatribes. I'm going to bring five. I'm going to do five minutes on the movie Joe mentioned earlier, Munchies. Not to be confused with Munchies, which means happiness. Also, there's another Munchies movie. That's not related. It's not related. I don't know if why. If it's got Lonnie Anderson in it, do not watch yeah, it. Yeah, do not watch it. Watch <laughs> the one with uh, Robert Picardo and Harvey Corman. Yeah, Harvey Corman. Corman yeah, yeah, who plays a dual role. Back to Tim Conway. Yeah, all, uh, all of them were on the Carol Burnett show. I was going to say all of Jack Warden used cars. Because <laughs> yeah. they, play, they play brothers. They, they play do. Brothers. They do. One's an archaeologist who finds... It's been a long time. I forgot that. Yeah. I was just talking about Tim Conway and, and, and blah, 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 <laughs> both being on the Carol Burnett show. But yeah. keep going. Sorry. And Harvey Corman, he plays dual role. He plays a dual role. He is uh, brothers. One's an archaeologist who takes his son... And they find some weird alien slash monster in a in a temple, bring it home, and I, that's what you do. I guess they're gonna make they're gonna make money off this this creature, but then this the he decides, well, I'm gonna leave and not share this with anybody for for a week. Enter the evil version, the evil brother, who's a cow cowboy man who's all about miniature golf courses for some reason. This movie makes no sense, people, but it is fantastic. <laughs> Really? <laughs> I haven't seen it since I was It really, it, no, it seriously is bad. It, it was a ripoff of Gremlins, is basically what it was. It's, it's, it, it's a lower ripoff. I mean, it's yeah, more than even Critters. The monsters clearly are hand puppets who do not have a lot of function. They're, and they all, and, <laughs> so what happens is it's one munchie. Don't tell but as you, But if you cut him into pieces, like the Hydra, he multiplies. So how many ever pieces you cut off of this thing? It grows another munchie. It grows, it grows another munchie. I swear I don't remember. So the this. one munchie gets cut into four pieces. It becomes four, and they all go. They go on a on a crazy road trip, causing chaos. <laughs> you are in mayhem. Puppet and, it, and it all it and then it climaxes in the third, in the third. Oh my god! I can't with this puppet. <laughs> I know. Throwing me I off know, track. <laughs> and it was never planned to have him on the show. It just keeps happening. Me or the puppet. But anyway, column A, column B. It, it all climaxes at this uh, the grand opening of this mega golf course. Climaxes in James's black hole. And the majority of the movie takes place in this golf course with the munchies running hat, running hat, crack, crack, God, I can't talk because of the puppet. Wreaking havoc. Really? Thank really? you. Running amok or wreaking it? You could have went either way. Hold on. For those fans out there of a really not good 90s horror film, a muck, a muck, a muck, a muck, a muck. It's not a horror film. I mean, it's a Halloween film. Yeah, but it's not horror. It's written by Mick Garris. I got the move like Jagger. So I'm the the reason. So a Robert, muck, a muck, a muck. everybody loves Robert Picardo at this room. In this room, if you don't yes. like Robert Picardo, is the only good character on Voyager. I would agree with that. But for some reason, the best character. This is one of the biggest plot holes of this movie that bothers the crap out of me, and there are many. Robert Picardo runs an ice cream shop. Him, his wife, and his son all work at this ice cream shop. They all have the same uniforms, white shirt, white pants, and a giant ice cream cone stuck to their head that's melting to signify that somebody has shoved an ice cream cone on top of their head. Now, the, the you get first introduced, the munchies go in there to get ice cream, and they wreck the store. Blow it up. Munchies are dicks. Now, you cut to later that night at the golf course. Munchies be tripping. Now, you cut to later on at that golf that night at the golf course. Here's this family who just, her, their store was just destroyed. Oh, let's play some miniature golf while they're wearing their uniforms. They never bothered to take off the uniforms. 
Maybe their change of clothes were in the store that got destroyed. Yeah, so anyway, at, watching it last week, I developed this whole separate plot point of this movie that should have been explored by the director, made this way more fascinating about the fact that Robert Picardo is actually... Picardo. Oh, don't get me started when you wouldn't even talk. Permut. <laughs> he I, said it five times. I tune, tone him out. I tune him out. And you listen to me? I know. I'm you have a up. poor judge of character. I am not a Mistakes good. were made. But you know, the fact that he makes his family wear this this outfit all the time, the fact that he had some trauma as a child where some bully shoved this ice cream cone on his, yeah. on his head and he wanted to wear it as a... As right. A badge of honor. Badge of honor and he makes his family... And they're all tortured and playing miniature golf. That's the prequel. You just wrote the prequel. I know. So why can't we get Munchies remade? Because of Lonnie Anderson. So anyway. And on that bombshell. No, I'm joking. You got anything more to say about no, the No, that's it about Munchies. I actually don't remember. Only scene I remember. Is there a scene where they're in the desert? Yes. Well, the whole, the, most of the scene, most of it takes place in the desert. Oh. It's all desert located. Except for that. But for some reason, there's a scene with chicks at a lake in the middle of a desert. I don't remember that. Except for the ice cream scenes, which take place in a desert. Go ahead. Because if it's an eight, if it's an '80s comedy or horror film, there's always chicks in a lake wearing bikinis being terrorized. All right, so we're, here's mine. I don't know that it's a bad, bad movie, but I know some people don't like it. RoboCop Two. Now RoboCop Three doesn't exist. They never made it. <laughs> Just doesn't exist. I'm a fan of the director of that, Fred Decker. Fred Decker wrote some really good episodes. Ruined uh, his career, didn't it? Uh, uh, yes. Yeah. It uh, wrote some really good episodes of Tales from the Crypt. Did one of my favorite 80s horror films of and uh, of all time, uh, uh, Night of the Creeps. Uh oh Did another f one that people love, The Monster Squad. But it doesn't hold up. I don't think it does either, but he's that's what he's well, yes, best yeah. known for. But RoboCop 3 ruined his career. So they never made RoboCop 3. RoboCop 2. RoboCop 2 is the last time Peter Weller played RoboCop. He only played him twice. It's directed by Irvin Kershner. Irvin Kershner is famous for making... Empire Strikes Empire Back. Strikes Silverado. Back. No. We're going with Silverado, No, right? it's not no. Silverado. Silverado. So he, he actually taught Lucas in film school and ended up being the person who directed... He directed Silverado. <laughs> That's Lawrence Kasdan. Lawrence Kasdan wrote *Empire Strikes Back*. I'm going with I'm going with Silverado still. Irvin I'm, I'm doubling down on Silverado. Irvin Kershner directed it. They got it into production because *RoboCop* was a huge success. The same thing with *RoboCop* three. It was the only thing that was making Orion money at the time, right? Yeah. Orion is a is a is a studio that went bankrupt. In Did the they 90s. already burn out through that Three Amigos money? <laughs> I don't know. You know they also oh made *Sons of the Lambs*. Yeah, they made *Sons of the Lambs*. So anyway, *RoboCop* two. I've watched it a couple years ago. I watch it about every few years. I actually really enjoy it. It's but it's got three different plots. Didn't Frank Miller write the original yes. screenplay? Right. Yes. Frank Miller. Yes. Who? He wrote the comic book too, didn't he? Yeah. 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 Right. It's just three different plots. There's the plot where there's this drug called Nuke, and people are shooting it into their neck, and yeah. and it's got the RoboCop two robot who's made out of the drug king. Holy uh, crap! Drug... We just we just in a one conversation brought up two two. Two Tom Noonan movies. Tom Noonan, yeah. Well, Monster Squad and RoboCop yeah. 2. Um, anyway, uh, Tom Noonan plays... Um, oh, shit. I forgot his name. Holy crap, I just remembered it a second ago. Oh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Anyway, he plays the drug kingpin. He gets killed. That's one plot line, right? Yeah. Nukes yep. going on. The other plot line is is they're trying to rebuild old Detroit and all the stuff that's going on there. Then there's another plot line where RoboCop gets cut up and has to be reprogrammed and they put a bunch of stuff into him. Then there's another plot line of uh, um, of the of the um, where they're going on strike and they've already went on strike. So there's like 13 different movies in one movie. Yeah, it was a mess. It's a mess. So they never really concentrate on anything. But, but it has some great so scenes. It's so entertaining. And the whole battle at the end with RoboCop and RoboCop to Kane. He, the character's name is Kane. Yeah. Yep. Right? And the robot, RoboCop 2, is so cool looking. Yeah. No, I completely agree. That's all I'm going to say about it. I don't. I think RoboCop 2 is a no, lot of No, he still fun. doesn't hold a candle to Ed 209. No, it's nothing, nothing it holds a candle to Ed 209, which there's one sitting on my shelf right over there. 
Okay, so um, we're gonna go quick. All right, out of time. This will be my quick one. There's no such thing with you as trick or treat, unless he's not having this sex one, with you. Which is what you should watch. That is a that is a this Halloween. Is, by the way, for people listening on a podcast, you're doing a trick shit or treat. job. I say, well, trick or treat, the one that has uh, Dylan Baker and uh, Anna Paquin and Brian Cox. That's a great one. You're not Do supposed to say Cox. <laughs> Never stopped your mother. Oh, now, the I said other say part, it. I say swallow. I love how the only thing the I had to other go one. Was, and I just found out this is out of print, and people fight for this copy. That copy? This well, because it's the only copy they ever put on DVD. And here's what's funny: if you are watching this uh, on YouTube, you can see the cover. It's got big Gene Simmons, Ozzy Osbourne. They are both well, in this. Can I get film. regular Gene Simmons? I feel that big <laughs> Gene only, Simmons would be too many calories for me. Um, anyway, this is a movie that was made. Um, that tried to do for rock and roll and records and all that stuff what Evil Dead did for books, which is there's evil in some of them. You've got to be careful. Dino De Laurentiis made this. Did they uh, shoot that in North Carolina? Uh, I'm not sure. Well, uh, uh, we could get but, into we could do a whole Dino but show. But the, the entire plot to this show is that there is uh, Sammy Kerr, who is this hardcore death metal rock and roller, and. He is banned from performing at his former high school. His biggest fan is named Eddie. He's a kid that's picked on all there. And he ends up, uh, Sammy Kerr dies mysteriously in a hotel fire. Turns out he made a pact with the devil. He's going to come well, back. Well, one all that tends stuff. to do that. Well, especially, you get bored. Yeah. You're like, well, what am I going to do this so weekend? This movie um, hasn't aged up. as well as Evil Dead has. Doesn't have the talent behind it. What's great about this film, and that's why it sucks, it is not well done. It's very disjointed. Filmed in North Carolina. It's oh well, there you go. Filmed in North Carolina. So it that's where is. Studio was. Um, it is literally set up to. Like I said it wants to be Evil Dead. However, they got a lot of. If Evil Dead is college, they're all on vacation in college. This is Evil Dead for the high school crowd. He's picked on high school. All this stuff. Nothing goes right. Um, has aged terribly. Gene You've Simmons. That. Gene Simmons plays a DJ, and the story behind that what? was. He was supposed to play the hardcore rocker. He turned it down because he wanted to emulate his hero, Wolfman Jack. So, and Ozzy Osbourne steals the movie. He's only in it for two minutes, but he plays a preacher, a reverend, mm -hmm. who is against rock and roll and says rock and roll is evil, um, which is. is what the movie is about. It is. Uh, it, it it's has. It's not music. a great film, but it's a lot of fun if you don't think about it, and I've it's very much of it. that time. And it's very much, like I said, it wants to be Evil Dead. It wants to kind of continue that tradition. But it takes Evil Dead and blends it with Revenge of the Nerds in some weird way. And um, Chad is it's, it's disjointed. Out. It's really bad. It's probably best that he's tuned out because I get to finish talking. Are you going to, what's your last one? All right. Because James just took 42 minutes. All right, so I'm going to bring up. Five. So oddly enough, another movie that could be argued is a musical. From somebody who doesn't like musicals. I'm, of course, live? going to be bringing up 1987's Disorderlies. Starring the, the Fat Boys. Boys and uh, There are two musical numbers in Disorderlies. Ralph Bellamy? What? The old guy. Yes, Ralph Bellamy. Ralph Bellamy, if, you, if you're a fan of of of, of, <laughs> of John Landis, <laughs> Trading uh, Places. Uh, Trading Places, he's one of the two old guys in Trading Places. Is Don Amici and Ralph Bellamy. Yeah. So, or Pretty Woman, he's also on that. Starring the, the, the 80s rap group, The Fat Boys. It's known for uh, Rest in peace. The, the Nightmare on Elm Street We're rap song. We're hoping not to go the way you did. The Nightmare on Elm Street rap song that is not Will Smith's Nightmare on My Street. <laughs> Which I didn't even know existed until the other day. <laughs> Directed by Mike Schultz, who uh, is famous for Barry Gordon's The Last Dragon. Oh, really? Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Heart, Heart Club Band with the Bee Gees. And then, you know, he's actually, he's still fairly recent. He's still directing to this day. Uh, he's a, a lot of everybody, a lot of people show that, oh my God, the, the damn puppet every time out of the corner of my eye. I'm going to burn him alive. Blind the puppet. <laughs> burn James's hand. But anyway. Leave the puppet on. Um, Ooh, like a man of the hands of fate. So, uh, he, he, Disorderlies. Went, he, he directed, uh, he's directed several episodes of Arrow. Okay. But anyway, Disorderlies. Uh, it's about three uh, three guys who are in the, 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 the... I watched this movie today. This movie today. A lot of plot holes. <laughs> is it? How is it, though? I haven't seen... I loved it as a kid. I, I still loved it as so a kid. So I loved it today. I, I watched it today. And Was I it funny? Stop, like, it's not as funny. 
But you talked about the product placement wasn't an issue yes, earlier. There is no the only product placement is Domino's and Coke. Everything else, you could tell they were they had to cover everything with yellow tape. Like really? so, yeah, they're they're all of the supply like they're in a they're in a, a pantry and there's all these things and everything's covered in yellow tape. Like there's several they, they, there's one time I don't even know why they're at a kid they're in a kitchen and there's six bottles of Heinz ketchup just sitting there. And for some reason, Heinz, yellow tape. <laughs> there's some pasta sauce over to the side. I don't know what brand it was because I've never, I didn't have the fancy pasta sauces from You just had ketchup. Yeah, I just had ketchup. <laughs> for dipping. But, but I don't know why they the needed that pasta sauce yellow tape. noodles. These noodles just do just fine by <laughs> yeah. themselves. So there's just yellow tape everywhere. That was their way of yeah. blocking out. So um, <laughs> Heinz did not want to be associated with those heavy set gentlemen. But it makes no sense. Like he goes, it's all about this man who has somehow collected a insane amount of debt from a Puerto Rican mobster for gambling. Why as, does it gotta be? One what, what? Yeah, <laughs> as one does. Why can't you be inclusive? And he wants it. He wants to kill off his uncle so he can get his uncle's money so he could pay off his gambling debts. And his uncle's sick. And his uncle's really sick. And he's like, I'll just fire the orderlies and hire the most incompetent. And he happens to be reading an, a newspaper article about the worst nursing home in the entire country, which is in Brooklyn, New York. So, they, so they go to Brooklyn. They find the disorder, the fat boys, brings them to Palm Beach, the palmiest of all beaches. <laughs> I hate you. Disorderlies <laughs> is not to be confused with a disorderly orderly, orderly which is a Jerry Lee Lewis film. <laughs> Jerry Lee Lewis. We were making this joke earlier, Jerry Lewis. All right, we're, yeah. So, yeah, it's just, it's a bad movie, but it, there are some funny parts. And the fact that they, these three guys obviously have no acting skills and they're just mumbling their lines. <laughs> and there's no, the, the only funny parts are, are actually the slapstick. Slapstick, slap, slapstick, slapstick. Of watching these, of watching these, like for example, there's where they're fighting the the mobsters, and one of the fat guys falls on them, and for some reason they just go into a coma. <laughs> they, I mean, he just simply falls over on them, and they're like, Ugh! and then they pass out dead. You know, as a fat man, I find that offensive. <laughs> Because you've made some people pass out by sitting on them? Anyone I've ever had sex with. <laughs> and on that bombshell, we are so thankful that you've tuned in to another episode of Bonehead. Next week, we're going to be talking about... The King. Stephen King. Elvis no, Presley. Elvis. Oh. Oh, are we going to talk about 3,000 Miles to Graceland? Oh. Oh, we were going to bring I that know. up. Three, real quick, 3,000 Miles to Graceland is one of those movies that absolutely sucks. But it has one of the best scorpion on scorpion fight scenes ever. And it ever. has a great cast. Once again, it's a great cast. Yeah, great cast. And I enjoy it's the hell out of that movie. I do. 3,000 Miles of Graceland. <laughs> anyway, gotta go. Next week we're going to be talking about The King. Thank you so much <laughs> for tuning ready. in. Are we ready? Are you going to sign off? I've been. This is Joe Lewis. Give me a pen and paper. I'll sign off. Spot. You can't even sign your name. Just make your mark. Just make James. your mark. Anyway, toodles, and we'll be seeing you on... Did that say axe? Uh, yeah, it says axe. I meant to write by on a piece of paper, and I wrote axe. <laughs> I blame the pen. You made... Yeah, it's a pen and the puppet. Oh, my pen God. Pen and the puppet. Yes, body spray. Give us money. Toodles. I'm a tortured genius. <laughs>